0: And
1: welcome to the Retro Hour, episode number 17, your weekly dose of retro gaming and technology news with me, Dan Wood. And me, Ravi Abbott. And this week, I think for the first time, we have a, uh, don't want to make you blush, Ben, but we have a celebrity guest in the <laughs> studio. <laughs> Mr. Ben Daglish, who's joining us this week. Now, Ben, obviously, we're going to be talking to you more a little bit later on in the show, but um, anyone that loved Commodore 64 music... Last ninja, you're going to tell us about this new Kickstarter that you're involved in as well. Indeed, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but Ben actually very kindly offered to sit in on the podcast and talk about a few stories as well. So nice to have you on the show, Ben. Uh, my pleasure. Now, uh, Ravi and I have been to an event over the last couple of days. Um, if, did you ever read any computer magazines back in the day, religiously, Ben?
0: I, I didn't read them, I was in them, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, no, I used to get them all. Yeah. What were your favourites? Um, well, I, I, I liked the, the, the Zap and the rest of the stable yeah. there. Yes, I mean that was they were the sort of the um, the, the one for the, the hot young kids, really, mm-hmm. weren't they? You know, I mean like CMVG and stuff like that was all a little bit boring and American a bit and, stuffy. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that yeah had had kind of like sort uh, of interesting content, but mm-hmm. no, that was where it was at. I think in, in terms of certainly the '64, yeah.
1: Well, I think on the Amiga Dawn, the well, the event that we went to the other day, it was at the Guardian offices in London. And uh, they did this, it was quite randomly, really. they did a panel um, all about Amiga Power magazine. Oh, yeah. So it was like a reunion all there, like former editors and that. It was kind Stuart of just, Campbell. Yes, Stuart Campbell it, yeah. was uh, oh, you know, um, there. He's always been a bit of a controversial journalist, hasn't he? And there's, yeah. some, uh, <laughs> there's some good stories, definitely. There was, and actually um, they recorded the entire thing. Um it's on SoundCloud now isn't it the audio. Yeah. Um we've actually reshared that on our SoundCloud page. Um And it was great we didn't need to
2: buy a drink all night because we bumped <laughs> into people that listen to the podcast <laughs> and it was just constantly topping us up. So, so
0: you yeah. boys are beginning to find the <laughs> advantages of <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> yes, free drinks. Yeah. Tell me about it. I've never bought a game in my life. But it was awesome I mean I'm sure
1: some of the guys who met listening to this week's episode it yeah, was uh, Ross and James and yeah, those guys. Great yeah. guys and it was you know it was always nice to meet um listeners in person, isn't it?
0: Was that a shout out darling? Was I know like how this works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but obviously we're going to be at another big event now that's coming up this weekend. Yeah, we're going to play Blackpool. Play Blackpool time. Well, this will come out on Friday, so it'll be tomorrow morning. Yeah, and we're going to meet up
2: with all the other podcasters yeah, and so. uh, have a big... We're going to do a live show from there. A party.
0: Oh, we yeah. We? <laughs> no, <but> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's been kind of the new kids on the block, I guess. We only started in January, so this will be... Um, yeah, first the established for us, but ones will be yeah, there, yeah, should be good. And i thought Black Blackpool's a good
0: party town, But too, already you're there? number five in the iTunes tech charts. Well, we, we weren't mm-hmm. going to mention that then, but, you know... <laughs> well, I'm, Since you bring it up... <laughs> Is that the tenet you're promising? <laughs> <Thank>
1: yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, actually, you got a bit of a surprise this week when you uh, logged on to the yeah, iTunes charts. Yeah, I was, I was uh,
0: checking
2: the charts and I was going, where are we? We're mm. usually number 50 or further down, and... We just peaked at number five in the uh, tech charts. It's amazing. It's really good. Thanks, guys.
1: We really appreciate all your support. If you do listen on iTunes, leave leave an iTunes review if you can as well. They're always nice to see, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Right, then, let's get into this week's stories. Now, um, this is quite an interesting one you found, Ravi. Sega are officially supporting modded games.
2: Yeah, so they're they're doing a thing like Atari did this Atari Vault. They're Mm -hmm. doing Mega Drive Classics Hub, which is basically uh, an area in the Steam Workshop where you can... Do modified stuff like mm-hmm. old modified Sonic games, or you know, just weird versions of things. And they've never really supported this. So, I guess I'm gonna make a, a little bit of money from
1: it. I remember, se- I remember seeing a great mod of Sonic the Hedgehog. Someone kind of made it into like a horror game have okay. you seen that on youtube I, I haven't it's um it's pretty scary and like sonic comes up you know at the beginning of sonic one way, he comes out the ring and does the finger yeah yeah, yeah. Then of a he goes, and his face all turns and like blood comes out his eyes and everything nice. it's actually pretty scary and they've reversed all the music in the game and stuff
0: so i think um, they'll get a lot of kudos out of it though it's always some been a little bit of kind of gamer versus publisher mm-hmm. with these things you know the publishers bring out the stuff and it's it's from their point of view it's kind of it's holy writ this is how the game should be but you know I mean games players are kind of uh, very often very creative people and they want to do some and I mean yes you know some of the yeah, some of the mods are, uh, are absolutely brilliant are far better than the originals you know and I mean and, and every time a game's come out that's actually then they brought out the level editor and stuff like that for you to play with it's always done massively well you know so I think it's a really good it's a really good move on Sega's part Well I noticed the
1: other day some, some guys are still making new maps for like worms and stuff there like a new download Available to day and that's twenty years later. People still play yeah, with yeah, level yeah. editors and all yeah. that. So, and I think Sega as well—they're in a kind of strange position these days because you know they're obviously not what they used to be. Um, and I think you're right. You know, fan kudos is probably more important to them now than it was when they were kind of like the biggest game company in the that's, world. Twenty that's years. That's how later. you get to be a cult. Yeah, exactly. Well, we were talking about them, you know, back in this, um, this there's apparently going to be like a fan reboot of the Dreamcast and they're kind of giving a bit of endorsement to that, apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah, so...
2: uh... Well, they've they've re-released games in the past as well, Mm -hmm. but this is the only time they've added this modding aspect in there, because, you know, before it's just been a fast book Mm -hmm. to kind of re-release and get them out, and they've probably done it like 20, 30 times already.
1: Yeah, so interesting, we'll pop notes in the uh, in the show notes this week if you are interested in finding out more about that. Yeah. Now, uh, a man has built his own Amiga graphics card.
3: <laughs> yeah, so
2: he, he was going on eBay and mm-hmm. realised the absolute amazing price of some of the graphics cards, and they're all old hardware, so instead he
1: decided to kind of program his own, which is insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, how has he made this thing? So there's video, well, there's kind of screenshots of him here running um, Doom on his card just fine, is this kind of a custom thing that he's made then? Yeah, uh, it's a uh, FPGA.
2: Okay. So he's kind of programmed it uh with the Picasso graphics output. Mm-hmm. Um
0: but well, I'm just I'm just looking at cuz he's 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 put all the uh uh, circuit diagrams and and stuff up on GitHub. There's full instructions here on how you can make your own. Yeah, job that's for the that's that's a really good thing. But it, it does look horrendously complicated. <laughs> that. That's that's days and days with a soldering iron and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slightly beyond my skills, I've got to
1: say. But, and mine, uh, yeah. But I mean, the thing is, we, we were talking before the show that the price of old hardware is going up a lot these days. So. I think, you know, these cards are not getting any younger, the originals, and the longer, you know, the older hardware is, I imagine, the more chance you've got running into problems, so... Indeed, yes, or, yeah, they get thrown out by your mum. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, this is quite sad actually I was reading this news uh, this week Microsoft is stopping making the Xbox 360 Making? Yeah, stopping uh, It's been discontinued now after a Oh, decade, okay so, so they were still making them though. They have been But they did kind of uh, You know when the Xbox One came out They kind yeah. of did a smaller version of the Xbox 360 That looked like an Xbox One ah. But even that is getting discontinued now But, you know, for a machine I'm looking at the original date it came out here 22nd of November 2005 That's,
0: Yeah it's a long time, isn't it, for a for system? Ten years market. for yeah. a, for a computer, uh, for a, for a console is uh, uh, remarkable, actually.
1: Well, you think you know, ten years before that, like the Sega Saturn and stuff was coming out, and the first PlayStation. So,
0: and well, gaming. Moore's law just means that yes, I mean, over ten years, you know, kind of like the, the where, where the state of the art is 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 whatever uh, two to the power ten is. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, amazing that it's it's
1: uh, uh, stays so popular, isn't it? A games are still coming out on that platform, and I think they started designing it in 2002, so you're talking, that is an eternity in technology, isn't it? Well, they're
0: still saying they're promising technical support for it, and, mm-hmm. um, and they're still keeping on Xbox Live and stuff, so presumably, I mean, people are still going to be playing the games in another 10 years. But um, for me, the Xbox
1: 360, though, it's kind of a special machine, because it was kind of the machine that got me back into gaming. Yeah, I
2: went through about five of them because they kept breaking. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, the
1: most, not the most reliable hardware, I've got to say. I'm on about my fourth now, I think. Um, but yeah, I did kind of get out of gaming from about 2000 to about 2007. Is you know, i had like a good like seven years. I discovered girls. Did you girls' university partying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was cool for a couple of years, believe it or not. <laughs> one day I went into Game Station and they had like um, an Xbox 360. I think it was kind of like a used one, but I just moved to a new town. They were my missus, didn't have many mates or anything, and I thought, oh, I might get one of those see what the games are like on it, and that, you know, reignited the whole thing for me, so... Introduced me to the world of crazy kids on Halo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you
2: know, kind of <laughs> online multiplayer. Yeah, it was the first was,
0: online uh, system I but, played as well, yeah. And and just the whole, um, sort of, the, it was the next level of 3D, wasn't mm-hmm. it, really? It was was HD proper graphics 3D. as well, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so, indeed. It, it, yes, yes, it looked gorgeous, but the, but the whole kind of suddenly you can, um, like, the exploring worlds thing, as mm-hmm. it were. You know, that was that was a, a, a really lovely part of it.
1: The Xbox 360, if it's only just been finished, it's not quite, you know, retro, as it were, to be kind of nostalgic for people. But I think, as time goes on, I think it will be one of the more fondly remembered consoles in the future, I think. Yeah,
2: and I think... People still get use out of it. Xbox mm-hmm. Media Center was a prime example of people just shoving other mm-hmm. software on there to yeah, make yeah. it do different yeah. things, you
1: know. Yeah, it's always good to mod your systems, isn't it? Yeah. And when it goes offline, it doesn't matter if you get banned anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you seen this um, really rare Sega Mega Drive cartridge that's been found? Uh,
2: no, I'm just about to load it up.
1: Well, this was posted on Reddit, and this guy, he wo- he's in America, he's a, he works at a retro game retailer. And apparently a guy came in um, with a few old Mega Drive games, and in there was this cartridge. Um, It just says New Leaf Entertainment on it. And uh, apparently, this is one of the rarest um, carts in the world for the Mega Drive. And they gave this guy $3 for it, not realising what it was. (laughs) So, (laughs) apparently, the last one went for about five grand on eBay. Oh, wow. (laughs) This was an experiment that they did in the early 90s. Uh, The problem being that, you know, say, you rented a video game from Blockbuster or something like that. It was quite expensive for them to get the games in and keep renting them out and, you know, getting new shelf space and all that. So, the idea behind this cart was... That it would have um, flash RAM inside. Oh, so they'd right. like an early version of Steam if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Blockbuster would download the ROM from right. the publisher's website, flash it onto this cart, and then they'd just hide that cart out when the new game came out, flash a
0: new one onto it. Right. You come back in two weeks later having you mm. play the hell out of the old game and you just get another one. Yeah,
1: flash it on your cart, right. yeah, you know, save remaking the hardware every
0: time. But the um,
1: EverDrive then. <laughs> yeah, it was an early version <laughs> well, of the Everdrive yeah. essentially, yeah. You know, twenty years before that came out. Um, yeah, however, you know, it was kind of a, a prototype that never went any further than that. Quite how this guy got this card, they've got no idea. Uh, but the game shop are actually saying they realised their mistake after, you know, they did a bit of research on it. So what they're going to do is they're going to give the guy like a thousand books after it sells to say, you know, track him down and say that's, thank you. That's so. nice. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what he said on Reddit anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Whether that actually happens or not. Maybe he's they're to praying to, to hell that the guy doesn't <laughs> actually read Reddit or go on Imgur.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's not a legally binding contract. it? <laughs> Now, um, anyone that used to love the original PlayStation, um, Crash Bandicoot was obviously a massive game on there. Cool. I absolutely loved
2: it, and I think it's very relevant at the moment because all these mobile games, they have these running running games that are exactly like Crash Bandicoot, where you uh, hit Mango, Lara Croft Go, all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's uh, really relevant. Sonic Dash as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might not be the most reliable news site we've ever used for uh, a show research, I've got to say. (laughs) We are on the uh, the Daily Stars website right now. I am shocked, (laughs) I I have to say. Just don't read the things around the edge of the article. Yeah, Yeah, right. uh, Not safe for work. Not not the clickbait. (laughs)
0: This tennis video just became an internet smash hit. Can't think why.
1: (laughs) So, um, but yeah, there has been a few hints around that they're going to be doing a reboot of Crash Bandicoot for the PS4. Now, this started because um, it was a guy called uh, Randy Fork is his name. (laughs) and He's the director of... uh, uh, NECA, or N-E-C-A Toys. he did an interview at a gaming show a while back and actually said, you know, um, looking at some of Sony's other titles, they're looking at bringing back Crash Bandicoot, which is really cool. That was a quote from him back in February. Since then, he's kind of backtracked and said, oh, it was taken out of context and all that, but obviously that was just him kind of covering himself, I imagine.
2: Well, it was a desperate attempt to get a mascot, wasn't it? Because they had, what, Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot, they were mm-hmm. all trying to get mascots for the PlayStation, and they
1: never really got one. Back then, uh, though, I think it was that time just after, obviously Mario was big on the Nintendo, Sega, Sega had Sonic, yeah. Sonic, yeah Everyone yeah. needed a mascot in the early 90s, didn't Well, they're they? still trying with Sackboy. Oh, for the, the PS? Yeah, they yeah, keep yeah.
0: putting Sackboy on everything. There's <laughs> this quote here from Push Square that says uh, it's actually an old magazine scan that's been retouched to look new.
1: Yeah, this is a tweet, wasn't it, that um, PlayStation Latin America... Uh, posted. Apparently they did it as like a throwback Thursday kind of tweet, but right. they've actually spent a lot of time retouching this image, which seems quite a lot of effort for uh, an old magazine scan, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it could be that Crash Bandicoot's going to come back. I mean, I think he's due a, due a comeback now, isn't he? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, was it Crash Bandicoot Free or Warped was the last one. Yeah, that Heavy must have been, what, how long ago Crash was that Races then? years ago. Yeah, it been a long time PlayStation ago. 1, that one. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. But, yeah, I'd like to see him back. Nice HD update of Crash. Oh, it'd be good. Now, this is quite an interesting move by Amazon. You've been reading about this, Ravi. Games and films become members only to Amazon Prime customers. it's very strange because at the moment they're saying
2: 60% of online purchases are done through Amazon, which is phenomenal. And there's not that many people buying online. So if Amazon can convince people with stuff like Echo and Amazon Prime, Mm -hmm. then they can drive this market of online sales and they'll basically have a monopoly on Mm -hmm. it. And they're saying here that they want to do a kind of members club which is 80 pounds oh. per year well, 79 pounds you know once you join this members club you'll get a release of all the AAA a games and all the top new movies and titles a discounted prices kind of thing will it be or kind of discounted prices but then on this article they're saying that a lot of their rivals are cheaper so yeah well on
1: amazon though the way it works is anyone can set a store up on amazon as well can't they like the third party companies Yeah, so I, so guess I guess
0: they could just undercut them you know what i mean it's uh it's an interesting move. I think it's because they're having their ass handed to them by Netflix, personally. I yeah, mean, they're really trying to prime, a, aren't they? They're, 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 a... um, they're, they're desperate to tie people in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, yeah, the way that you tie people in is you have them thinking, well, I'm paying £80 a year for this service, then I'm going to bloody well use it. Yeah, yeah, may as well
1: get something out of it. And normally, I've said it to Amazon Prime twice... But, you know, you get the 30-day free trial, so I've used two different cards. I've done it over Christmas, you know, to get quick deliveries the next day. Cancel it in January, do it again the year after. That's what I've been doing with it. Playing the
2: system. Yeah, so... uh, Mm. Some of my mates haven't cancelled, mate, and they've been, like,
1: stung with a massive bill. I imagine there's a lot of people that do that, though. You know, it's kind of like, with Netflix, i got a free trial on that, and then, because it's only six quid a month, I'll keep paying for it. Very rarely use it.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think, doesn't everybody just share everybody else's Netflix passwords and yeah so there's like a, a, well I, a, I use
2: cody which is uh we just don't use netflix now right it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> R- R-
1: ravi's dodgy uh yeah back alley version of netflix oh yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 with the kind of ladies that you see on the daily Star. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> more than likely there's, there's plugins for that i'm yeah, sure there's a few. Right. now uh, some atari news it's not very often we hear a new story about atari however this is um not in the most positive light i've got to say mm. they want the exclusive right to make haunted house games
2: as Ben was saying earlier, Atari just seem to be a suing uh, kind of company at the moment. They just want to do cases against everyone,
0: and kind of are they patent troll now? Then basically, are they? Is that what? well? They well, it, uh, it's saying here in this article actually that they uh, they had a go at Jeff Minter, right? Okay. Recently, I mean, that's you don't touch Jeff. No. How, <laughs> How dare? dare they? Oh, absolutely. How dare they? Just like one of the loveliest people on the planet. You can't just kind of sue him. He'll what? just run away to Wales. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hide under a <his> sheep. <laughs> now, because this is apparently um, Haunted House Tycoon, which um, is a new game from a publisher called Hazy Dreams. And, uh, well, this is obviously not the original Atari, is it? I think the, the trademark's gone through various different companies over the years. yeah. But, yeah, basically they want to try and get some uh, some money out of them, by the looks of it. But they've filed a trademark on Haunted House in connection with games, which seems
0: very vague to be able to file a trademark for. for well, the words Haunted House? Yeah. Or I guess, a game called Haunted House, I suppose, possibly. But that's that does seem very tenuous,
2: really. Well, well remember, yeah, Namco had the loading screens one as well that they had. Yeah, you, can, Just...
1: you they're the only company that could have games, you know, a game playing while you load the main uh, game. Oh, okay, you know, they're, they're, OK. They're painting on that, so there is some random uh, stuff around, isn't Yeah, there?
2: <laughs> there's some really odd ones.
1: Well, yeah. even last week on the show, we were talking about um, the company that owned Acorns, um, trademark now. They've got a Twitter account called the Acorn Trademark, and they just go around looking at any any other company that are kind of using something similar. Like it was a scaffolding company called yeah, Acorn, an Acorn and they were like, you know, <laughs> trying to get them somebody out of them or something.
0: So, how come that happens? But I've 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 always wondered why it is that like fun fairs can get away with doing all the Disney characters and all the film characters, <laughs> and none of them ever get sued. I've
2: worked for many fun fairs and carnival people, and it's all actually officially trademarked. They have some weird discount with Disney. No way, really, really? Yeah, you? yeah, because they would get completely destroyed. What would well, have solved a mystery for me? That's <laughs> my word! So, what about, like what on a- the rides, the
1: merry-go-rounds. What so about the, the PlayStation logos and all that the other?
2: I'm not sure about that. (laughs) It's also PS1 Lego
1: still as well. But I definitely know with Disney,
2: yeah, they have uh, some kind of fair deal for rides
1: and stuff, yeah. Attractions, yeah. Maybe Atari could look into that kind of thing then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Now, uh, Pirate Radio comes back after 30 years.
0: Radio Telstar coming to you from 1977. (laughs) Edinburgh's
1: Radio Telstar returns. Um, So this is a a pirate radio station that's back on the air after 30 years. Now, we've not really talked about pirate radio before, but... kind of falls under the banner of technology. Yeah, retro tech. Te- yeah, old technology. The, o- the oldest medium there is, radio. Yeah. yeah and
0: was it Was it, uh, an uh, um, uh, uh, out-to-sea one as well? It doesn't say here. No, radio- it
1: says it was
2: broadcast from a flat in Edinburgh.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, yes, indeed, yes. Yeah, it began in the bedroom. Well, like we all
1: did. But it apparently launched the career of Radio 1's Mark Goodyear. Ah, and they're radio saying thing. that, you know,
2: radio is that kind of format where it's not <laughs> like TV, where you're, there, <laughs> mm-hmm. where you're sitting there and you're kind of... You know, just concentrate, zoning out on the television. You can do other stuff when you listen to radio. Mm-hmm. And that's why we think podcasts are also getting popular again. That's because what
0: just, I was going to say that's what I do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am I'm programme all day, but uh, uh I listen to Radio 4 all day. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to music because it distracts me too much. I can't work when I'm listening to music because mm-hmm. I'm listening to the music <laughs> rather than working, you know. But, yeah, just being able to have the radio on and sort of just having sort of nice, comforting Radio 4 voices. Um, <laughs> uh, it, like a comfy pair it? of
1: slippers. Yes. Yeah.
2: And everyone thought radio would die in the digital age, but there seems to be, it's just a new form of distribution, or there seems to be, you know, a, a need for radio.
1: Well, you know, this and is uh, essentially radio, isn't it? It's just yeah, a different a mechanism of, yeah. Yeah. you know, delivery. Um, but it's interesting this station's back then, so, I mean, I, I guess, it's, is it the original team behind it then, or is this like an online I, venture? Yeah, or? I
2: think it is the original okay. team that are saying that they want to provide something for the Communicate.
0: Uh, for the community, isn't it just a bit like Atari? And it's just the guy goes, "Oh, that was a brand. I'm going to bring it back after 35 <laughs> years." And um, yeah, yeah, See maybe if I can
1: get some money out of the advertising. But I mean, even you know, if you drive around London, you, you tune through the radio. There's still so many pirate stations on oh, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most well, of them playing drum and bass and garage yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Well, I'm
2: really into pirate radio and uh, garage. And mm. there's a great app called TuneIn.com. Yeah. And all the Pirates are now streaming on there. Mm -hmm. So I've just got my favourite list, and I'm going through listening to all the latest Garage and Jungle tracks, all straight live from London. You can text
0: in everything. It's (laughs) not really the same, though, is it? It's not like having a, you know, the the aerial that you erect and shove out the window watching for coppers coming around the corner and all the rest of it. Oh, we we do Pirate Radio (laughs) on the internet. No, 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 but they are transmitting as well. So they are transmitting. Yeah, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they yeah,
1: transmit yeah. and stream out as right. well. Well, right. We, were, we were coming back from this Guardian event in London the other night and Ravi actually, amazingly, even though we're on like um, a train... Uh, east midlands trains you actually got 3g signal pretty much all the way from london up to nottingham which is generally unheard That's of yeah. Yeah. but you were streaming like these london pirates on the way back weren't you and yeah we were just that, like. listening getting shouts out and stuff he was texting them in they're like how, <laughs> yeah. you lis- how are you listening in like peterborough everywhere?" wherever <laughs> <Yeah, there, so." laughs> shouts to the nottingham crew and yeah. they're like oh what
3: yeah from do the we- hackney message
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but i i buddies used to do like um pirate radio when we were back at college and uh, I always remember one of them, he had like a little rig, he just, he'd just leave it in a forest. A little cassette Walkman on it, like a, a two-hour tape, and they'd just come back and turn it over. So if they <laughs> no, ever got that's... raided, it was just like, you know, no one yeah, there. Right. Unless you yeah. caught them swapping the tape over. Yeah. you. in so. this tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something very sexy about pirate radio, though. I yeah, they yeah. kind of... But
0: being... I always like the offshore thing, though. The whole thing about doing it from a ship...
1: You know, Radio Caroline and yeah, all that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That was yeah. That was. I mean, that was that was real adventure, wasn't it? You know, mm-hmm. that was real pirate stuff as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, they were like celebrities back
1: in the day, weren't they? Absolutely. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I remember I've seen videos on YouTube of like, um, you know, they bring like <laughs> boatloads of girls who just come out to meet the DJs and stuff. Yeah. You know, so well, it's not like that anymore. But you, know. <laughs> have,
3: you have
0: you seen
1: a place called Sealand?
3: Which yes, is, yes, Just yes. outside of Essex. The independent
0: municipality or the independent thing. Of, uh, principality. Probably, yeah, that's principality, it. that's <laughs> the one. Yes. What is it? Is it
1: like an old oil rig or something? It, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's this yeah. guy, um, uh, wasn't he, uh, he's ex-army or navy or yeah, something. Yeah, he was. He? And he, he got it, it's it's just outside like the, 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 the coastal uh, waters, you know just outside whatever the six-mile limit or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know. And, uh, well, he's, he, was the, he was the prince of it, but he's now given up and gone back home, and his son's running it. Yeah, now. yeah. But they issue passports and stamps and stuff. But it was, was it a few years ago, they got, they, they get invaded. They got invaded like in the 80s. Of, yeah, um, yeah, a whole boatload of guys with machine guns no well. to kind of try and, yeah, and they take to, over his thing. Yeah, and they got his mate
2: who had a helicopter... Yeah, and then they flew in and dropped down and did a like ropes. Like S kind of A S, so yeah, retucked no it. I think yeah. they
0: tried to do it as a data center for a while, didn't they? they were yeah, trying to make yeah. Money out no, no. Pirate Bay a...
2: were actually going to try and host there. Because, oh right, that's right. Yes, because it's not officially in the waters of England or France. Mm-hmm. There was a legal ruling where uh, uh, I think the wife. The Navy came up to the wife and she had a gun and fired at them and <laughs> said, so Get out of my <laughs> it's, it's <her> country, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah. the queen, yeah. get off my <laughs> waves,
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: that was it. That's an interesting right.
1: subject that we might cover in the
2: future. Yeah, Pirate absolutely. radio, now,
3: where's
1: well, something else that's always you know kind of attracted the uh, the hackers and the, the people that like to have fun? The Raspberry Pi, it's got a new camera, then, yeah, yeah. And this is a, a, a Sony mobile camera is this especially for the pi then is it yeah yeah for
2: it? A five megapixel one as well
1: well this means it's only 19 pounds as well And the raspberry pi um it's just great for doing a of homemade projects but i've often thought the original pi camera wasn't great quality was it well, what was that like about four or five or something um but it's good for making like you know a homemade scooter camera for example
2: yeah well this is 1080p yeah. 30 frames per second mm-hmm. so what are you doing with your raspberry pi at the moment then Oh God! I've I've I, I wanted to make it a sole pirate radio receiver thing at the moment, but I've just seen the Amazon Echo. They've released that for the Raspberry Pi, so I may yeah, make my own Echo using a toilet roll <laughs> and some other <laughs> kind of items. <laughs>
1: Paint it black. You know? I've not used Amazon Echo before, but I've seen like, you know they released that tube thing, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. The original one that, that looks pretty cool, but. I think you'd have it in the room. But you can ask it, like, what the weather's like and that kind of thing. Which is just like a Siri room, is Ask for
2: recipes and yeah. uh, make appointments looks pretty funky. Yeah.
1: But I did read their release of the software for the Raspberry Pi, though. Is that, like, runs on Raspbian then, does it? Yeah, or? yeah, and it's,
2: it's free as well. So, you know, the Echo's $170, mm-hmm. I think,
1: and yeah. the Pi's 30 Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, It yeah. <laughs> doesn't look quite as sexy, but, you know. No. Inside you paint your toilet roll black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, a final, uh, final story before we get into uh, a chat with Ben this week. The Nintendo Entertainment System has got an HDMI kit.
2: Oh, yes. They've uh, been working on this on Atari Age, and these guys have been doing constant little updates for it. Right. And uh, they're, they're kind of producing the boards themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, they've got it up to 1080p, and it will be able to do
1: PAL and NTSC. Wow. Obviously, it's still the same graphics, though, isn't it? They're just sharper.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: they are sharper, but they've also done a few little
0: well, tweaks. Some up, yeah, there's some upscaling stuff here, isn't there? Mm-hmm. They're, 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 is that is that hardware done or is that going to be software done? I
2: think that's going to be hardware done, right. but um, it's you know to give the old kind of CRT oh, yes, effect. Yeah, yeah,
0: HQ2X and 3X. and 4X. Yes, yes. There's some um, there's some great demos around of those, isn't there? Of, of yes, we're taking like eight bit graphics mm-hmm. and, and zooming it up. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. Well, even a lot of the nice. um,
1: a lot of the upscalers have like scanline virtualization and stuff as well to yeah. give that kind of crt look i mean you know we, we have talked about this on the show before but wow. you know i think for my kind of my t- it always looks better playing these old systems on a good crt though yeah it's just something more nostalgic it's what they were designed
2: it. for isn't it
1: It's warmer isn't it yeah well, <laughs> it is. like these That's digital yeah. jaggy edges uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But i suppose it's like the vinyl you know mp3 cd war isn't it you know? yeah I mean, absolutely there's, there's always something special about looking at you know an old uh Fuzzy little fourteen-inch monitor, because that's what you grew up
0: using. It's like, but on the other hand, you get to a certain age, and your eyes just—it doesn't make any bloody difference. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fuzzy.
1: Got built-in scanline emulation in your eyes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: But yeah, if you are interested in this, if you want to mod module- your nintendo entertainment system to hdmi we'll uh, pop a link in the show notes at the retrohour.com and thank you for listening to this week's show guys we'll be out again next friday uh, with some tales of play blackpool no doubt oh god i hope they're good and not too drunken yeah hopefully the hangovers <laughs> will have uh, gone by next friday yeah and uh, you can download the show from the retrohour.com, itunes soundcloud your favorite podcast client and now we're going to chat for the next 30 minutes to ben daglige thank you so much for checking out the show So this week we are proud to have on the Retro Hour podcast the very talented Ben Daglish. Welcome, Ben. Hello. Who is actually in the studio with us. Normally we have guests on Skype, but it's nice of you to make the journey in today. I'm, I'm a local boy. You are? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: And you've come in, in the all uh, conditions weather this evening, haven't you? But it's snow. Hail, <laughs> hail <laughs> rain,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> Welcome to England in yeah, the spring. Been a right yeah, trek yeah, to get yeah. here. Sometimes it does snow in April, as they yeah. say. So uh, we've got Ben on because obviously we do get a lot of requests for Commodore 64 and uh, Amiga musicians and obviously. Ben, you know you've got a ripe history in um, the Commodore 64 music scene in
0: particular. Um, let's start at the beginning. though. what first got you into computers? Computer gaming was, was it was Tony Tony Crowther. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd done it a bit before. Uh, I've I, 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 I said before, the first game I ever played was um, uh, uh, Moonlander on a teletype machine. It was a text moon lander on a I don't know like a, a PDP something on like a mainframe, ASCII um, graphics kind of thing. Uh, not even ASCII graphics. No, 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 it would no, be no, on no, no Well, though. before it was it was a teletype. So basically, <laughs> it was like just a typewriter connected to the computer. You know, it was like a terminal, and then the computer to the computer. This was at um, Aston University. My dad was working there at the time, and uh, I had a day off school, and he took me in. Uh, and basically just sat me down in front of this teletype and, 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 and had to go and, and do his stuff. And I was there all day, and it would just basically it would type up... You'd go... It'd go took, 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 took. You are 100 metres above the surface of the moon, <laughs> travelling at 40 um, uh, metres per second, and you have 100 kilograms of fuel left. How much fuel do you want to burn? And so you go... 10 kilograms. <laughs> you are 80 metres above the surface of the moon, travelling out, and, 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 and you do this, and you just kind of, you, you type in the numbers, and then three seconds later, it would tell you again, and, and, uh, and the idea was, you know, it's the, the moon lander game, you know, like sort of trying to get it like landed just perfect. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the next day, I went into school clutching this sheaf of of, of of computer printout paper, which so was, just like, 50 or 60 sheets or something, and which had, like, you know... Half all these, well, Yeah, basically, with all this stuff printed on it, you know, and I was kind of showing it to people, going, this is the future, this is a computer game. <laughs> and was going, what? You know, but, um, yes, it, it, it turned out to be the future. And uh, that
2: was the system with the early computer games like Space War on it as well, so... The PDP.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, the only thing I ever did was moon lander and then I didn't see anything uh, uh, again for uh, a few years until um, we got a. Uh, well, I won a BBC for the for the school. Um, it was at the time when the the BBC had kind of they brought out the BBC Micro, and they were desperate basically to push it into every single mm. school that they could and turn it into, like, the de facto education machine. So they ran all these, like, noddy competitions, you know, kind of write down your name and you could win a BBC type (laughs) thing. And uh, I wrote an essay for school on... um, uh, 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 how you can use computers in education or something, and uh, and this BBC turned up at the school because I'd, I'd I'd won it. Then I was one of the like three people in the school that was allowed to go and sit in the library and actually <laughs> type on the thing, you know. But one of the other people was uh, was Tony Crowther, mm-hmm. and um, the, the the two of us and a couple of others and and uh, this teacher we set up an educational software company so we started writing educational software in in BBC basic and then doing, like a, b- a bit of assembler because the BBC was lovely for that you know 6502
1: wasn't it it was yeah. it
0: was but it, like you, it was all um the basic was lovely the basic was mm-hmm. more like more like c than basic really but it, also you could just like plonk in line assembler wherever you wanted you know mm-hmm. so um uh, uh yeah I, I i started playing around on this thing and then tony had started writing games on the on the on the c16 and you know, then the 64 Mm-hmm. and he knew that i was into music i've been playing music since i was a little kid so um he came along to me one day and said uh, could you write out the notes for the Death march just, <laughs> just right. li- literally do do do, do 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 so i i wrote them out on a bit of paper and he went no 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 could like could you write them out so i can read it because i was just like started like drawing five lines and going no. and um so he we, we, we had this format of like you know C4 comma 16 comma C4 comma 16 comma D sharp comma you know, and um, so I wrote all that out for him, and uh, uh, and he took it home and plugged it into the thing that he would typed in the music player that he typed in for the back of the Commodore 64 manual, um, and that all worked. And then he came, uh, I think the next thing he he, he wanted uh, some it was uh, he wanted a piece of Jean Michel he wanted yes uh, Equinox Five for for Loco Loco doing, so um, I went round to his house one night and. Listened through to Equinox Five and kind of transcribed it all and worked it all out and and by that time I was hooked, you know.
1: When did you actually start making it on your own then, rather than passing the notes? It was on?
0: it was about the next game or something. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of I did a couple of transcriptions, and uh, you know, well, we, yeah, we, we call them transcriptions. We don't call them rip-offs. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Copyright <laughs> didn't exist in computer games then, anyway, did it?
0: <laughs> I, it? It didn't count. It didn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was, uh, we, we had no idea, to be perfectly honest. Nobody did. Nobody had any idea that you you weren't just allowed to mm-hmm. like write out any old music that you wanted. You know, because um, there was there was no difference, uh, as far as we were concerned, between like you know doing a bit of bark or something as as a lot a lot of the early music was just like, you know, classical sheet music that programmers or something. Yeah, absolutely. It was well, it's just stuff that was lying around that you could transcribe, basically. So, you know, most programmers weren't musicians, so they'd just find some sheet music, transcribe it, put it in the game, you know. And um, uh, and yes, so me kind of ripping off a bit of jar was 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 just the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) And to this day I'm still waiting for kind of the 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 letter or the boys to be knocking on the door. <laughs> you, know, hello, you owe me some money, I think. Is someone listening <laughs> to this now? going, Actually, yeah, yes. we've well, got to do this. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, yes, about for about the third game or something, fourth game that I started. um well, we we sort of we we, we developed the player over a sort of a, a matter of a couple of months, you know. So we we we's this kind of starting off with this embryonic thing that was said was based on. The sort of the code that was the back of the 64 manual and uh we sort of we improved it a bit and then and 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 i just started writing tunes uh, and and never stopped apparently. so you
2: kind of developed a little c64
0: scene
2: then around your friends
0: well, it was, well me and tony basically yeah, yeah that was that was, that was what it was yes um uh i think he was probably yes one of the only kids in the the um, school that had his own computer it's a very funny story actually um He'd uh, his mum worked for uh British Coal doing uh, industrial compensation stuff. So she used to have, like, all these books and books full of tables that would tell, you know, you've lost an arm, right, that's 10 grand, you've lost an arm and a leg, right, <laughs> that's 15 grand and stuff like that, you know. And uh, uh one day she said to Tony, uh, could you do this on a computer? And he went, well, yes, of course, it's just, you know, it's, it's dead easy. So... um he just took all these tables and he transcribed it all and he wrote it for the 64, so, mm-hmm. you know, easily fitting in 64k memory. And she took it to work the next day and said, uh, look, my son's written this, um, this, this, this this programme to do sort of my job for me, you know. Yeah, when you think about it a bit, like, kind of, you know, I've just got my son to write me out of a job kind of yeah. thing. But no, so <laughs> she said, yeah, you know, he's, rather than having, having to use all the books, you can just do it on the computer. And uh, British Cole said... Uh, Oh, we can't have that. Oh no, he's not—he's not an approved supplier. You know, he's not one of our approved computer suppliers. You know, and she said, "Well, look—it shows that it's possible to do it. Look, I've got it all working here." So you know, so British Coal went off to their approved computer supplier, who um, uh, said, uh, "Yeah, yeah, we think we could do that for you. It'll—it'll it'll take about six months and cost you about fifty thousand pounds." Oh. <laughs> and they went. Uh, well, okay, but you know, this is the future, like having it all mm. on a computer. And then apparently, a couple of months later, the the, the, the computer suppliers came back and said, Oh, actually, it, it's not possible.
3: And, <laughs> and, and some kids did it. In his bedroom. Be
0: and 15 year old Tony Crowther had done it in a night no, on, right. a, on a 64. I you think it says a lot, though, doesn't it? Uh, it really does. Yeah. It, 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 but yes, I mean, about all sorts of. That's kind of been the way, the, the, uh, continued being the way throughout, you know. Um, I mean, when we were uh, at Kremlin, when we, we were doing one of the um, winter games or summer games or one of those, you know, mm. and I think we would, at Kremlin we were doing the, um, uh, uh, we were doing the, the, the PAL version. The, 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 yeah, the American version. Had been, uh, we were working simultaneously on, on, on the events. We, we were using, uh, I think, I had three or four programmers on it and a couple of graphic artists and media and the music, and the Americans had three or four programmers per event,
1: no way. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, they kind of had this huge team of like 50 people all working mm-hmm. on this game, you know, and they didn't get it done anywhere near as quickly and as efficiently uh, as we did, you know, yeah. because, again, all, all of our stuff was, again, all the lads at Gremlin, I mean, they were all 17, 18, and it was all, you know, the whole thing about, you know, keep saying about it starting off in the bedrooms.
1: Did you find in the early days? It was a bit hard to get computer music taken seriously by traditional musicians.
0: I'm sure it was. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't make any any difference to me. You know, I was getting paid for it. Yes, I mean, there's yes. Throughout throughout my life, I've you know there's the whole oh, it's bleeps and boops, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? and you get, no, no, it's a lot, lot more no, lot more sophisticated than that, really. You know um and And people that know the stuff you know obviously i mean there's you know there's a there's a there's a lot of musicians that grew up listening to i I still to this day get you know an email every couple of weeks from somebody that says they became a musician because of of, of sort of listening to stuff that I was doing and mm. Robin Martin people were doing you know uh which is lovely i mean that 's kind of made made my life fulfilled <laughs> <laughs> but um yes, I mean you know. A lot of people just don't, you know, they just dismiss it, but then... Well, everyone know. uses computers now, though, in well, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Who's got the last thing life <laughs> <left laughs> now, yeah. eh, son? They're all sitting
2: on
1: logic.
0: Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> absolutely, of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But the Commodore 64, I think, was probably, certainly in my life, the first computer I heard where the music was actually something that you pay a lot of attention to. I mean, do you think the C64 is special in that regard?
0: It was the first um, home micro that had, like, a proper synth. Basically, yeah, yeah, it was the first one to sort of have um, sort of different waveforms and 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 uh, filters and enveloping, and you know it, it was yes it was a it was my first proper um, uh, sequencer synth combination as it were you know. step up from the beeper but, no completely it? well I mean I, I said I'd done stuff on uh, the BBC before but I mean that was basic I think the uh, BBC was just a I think it was just a triangle wave or Maybe a triangle and a square internal speaker as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So um, yes, it was. Uh, uh, yes, that was part of the when it was um, um, oh, the, the commodore was plugged into the television and coming out of a reasonably decent speaker and stuff like that. And, and again, just yeah, it was, it was vastly more sophisticated than anything else. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, a, it was a real sort of eye opener. And as I said, it was a you know, I mean, from. 13, 14 onwards, I've been kind of going into town and going into Tandy on a Saturday afternoon and sort of drooling at all the sort of the really expensive synthesizers and, you know, like a sort of a, an octave with loads of buttons and all this, you know, right now. <laughs> and uh, oh yes, you know, one day um, and then suddenly, yes, we, I, I had a, a machine that, that, as I said, did all that and, and, and more, you know, because you could program the thing so you could you could write sequences for it and get it to play ridiculously fast notes and 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 just swoops and slides and yeah it's a great thing.
1: It's crazy even that like thirty years later people still love that Commodore sixty four sound. I mean there's um, you played with press play on tape. Yeah. What's it like doing sixty four music in front of a crowd?
0: No, it's great. It's great. I mean yes, I, we, I do press play on tape and, mm-hmm. and there's um, uh, Sid eighties as well. You know mm-hmm. that me and uh, John Hare and, and, and Mark Knight and people. Do. Oh, it's 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 marvellous the reaction. Uh, it's it's great. I mean it's it's uh, uh, it, it's interesting. Especially, I mean, press play on tape particularly, I mean, well, they practice. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, we, we only ever practice, like, literally on the day. Well, sedates, we never know who's going to turn up on the day, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just, when we do a gig, it's whoever happens to turn up, and, you know, if we're lucky, we might have a day's rehearsal sort of the day beforehand, you know. But, yeah, they get together all the time and practice, and so, I mean, they some of the, their transcriptions... And some of their, their you know sort of the stupidly fast notes mm-hmm. and and, and other things that they're playing it's 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 great but um yeah it's it's uh, being able to envisage it more as as it, as it was in my head originally you know mm-hmm. sort of because again yes a lot of the stuff that you, that you wrote was in my head it was for rock band mm-hmm. you know sort of you got and to be able to go It's lovely. First
1: time we've heard beatboxing on the Retro
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hardly, Hardly beatboxing.
1: I'm a little old
2: beatboxing. uh, (laughs) It it must have been weird, um, kind of, you know, you've performed these tunes and made them by yourself and then performing it live in front of a load of people. It must be kind of a a weird feeling when people recognise it.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm sort of... I'm I'm used to it by now. Mm. We've been doing the Back in Time live for... Uh, whatever it is, ten, twelve mm. years or something—I can't remember when the, when the first one was. You know, but no, I mean, when, when it—yes, when it first happened. I mean, I, I took a little bit of convincing that it was just going to work, full stop. You know, but yes, I mean, when it first happened and you saw the crowd, and you saw their reaction to it, it was—it uh, 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 it, it was great. It was—it was—and uh, and being treated like a rock star as well is—that's quite nice. You know. <laughs> Um, I mean, I always, I always say, I, I, I like my, um, my, my, my very limited little bit of fame, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd hate to be the whole, you know. You can't walk down the supermarket without sort of people kind of mobbing you and asking for your autograph and stuff like that. But uh, just being able to go kind of somewhere like, you know, once or twice a year and turn up into a room full of 500 people, and then they're all, well, you know, photographs and autographs. It's it, it's very nice. It is.
1: And you still go to the supermarket next day and get left alone? Uh,
0: absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm standing in the middle going,
1: recognise me?
2: Don't you recognise me? Do you know who I am? <laughs> so are you still amazed that people care about the C64 and that they're still kind of making new machines? I don't know if you've seen the little handheld one. That I have. have.
0: No, I'm not amazed at all. It's only right and proper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, now I am. I was amazed. I was amazed the first time. Um, this would be when I was. Out. So this this would be over twenty years ago when I first got. Uh, it was, I got a letter from somebody saying, "Have you looked yourself up on the internet?" And, I mean, the internet at that time was you know was 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 very small. You know, I mean, not as small as when I fir- I, when I, I first went on the internet. Uh, went around the whole of the internet on one night. Yeah. <laughs> when I was, yes, 22, 23 or something. I've my, done the mate, internet. A mate yeah. of mine came around. He was he was demon customer number 000062 or something. He, he was like one of the first hundred demon customers in, and demon was the first ISP mm. in the country. You know? And uh, he came around one night with his um, uh, twin floppy... 8088 PC and the modem and we plugged it in and, and, and we went on the internet and we did all of it on one night, literally. There was about, I don't know, 20, 30 sites or something, you know. there's was, there was CERN, obviously, and a few of the universities, UCL and, and a couple of the American things and stuff like that. And we sort of went, I mean, oh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, but yes, then, as I said, um, somebody contacted me and, and, and said, have you looked yourself up? And, and I did. And I was amazed that there was, all, even then, so much stuff on it, you know. And, it, and it, it, it seems to be like just growing and growing and growing as, it's, it's, um, as the years have gone on. I mean, I was I was saying to Robbie earlier that I, you know I mean I did a, a Radio Four interview a couple of weeks ago uh, and a Radio One thing a few months ago and another Radio Four thing uh, sort of last year and and you know the fact it's hitting mainstream. Yeah. Well, again, I mean it's, it's 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 all the it's like with the celebrity death thing, isn't it? You know, I mean it's not that more celebrities are dying; it's that we're all hitting an age where all of our idols are hitting 70 and so they're yeah. all beginning to die off. But we're also the same age as the people that are, like, editing the news and writing the abits and stuff like that. So the kind of people that we think are important are the same kind of people that they think are important, you know. And, and again, it's... it's so all the people that kind of grew up listening to all the stuff that we were doing uh, and, and playing the games and stuff, they're all now, like, the 40-year-olds that are running the world. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they get to decide... Um, uh, what the agenda is, and, and luckily for me, I'm, I'm part of it.
1: <laughs> I think you're right there because you get to a certain age. I think a lot of people you probably kind of get nostalgic for your youth again, and uh,
0: uh, apparently so. Yes, yeah. I mean, I never do myself. You My youth was to in to the spend. 70s, and it was grim, son.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rabbit made a good point. You've got money to spend now, but I mean, you look like 10 years ago, you couldn't give away like Commodore 64 stuff. I, I remember I got a Commodore 16, I bought a game off eBay, and I got a Commodore 16 free with it for like five pounds, I think. Yeah, yeah, and now they're like 80 quid if you go on. Oh, indeed. So, when you, you know, obviously a Commodore 64 music, it's all quite positive as well, isn't it? But then later on the Commodore 64 scene, it kind of went a bit dark, and there's all the kind of metal kind of stuff. Do you kind of make a positive like, effort to make your music quite uplifting?
0: I think that's just how I am. I've always mm-hmm. just written bright, bouncy music. You know, I, I'm, I, I attempt to do moody, but I'm never really very good at it. You know, I'm, I'm not really a moody kind of guy.
3: Mm.
0: Well, I, I like melody. That's always been my thing. That's always been my thing. I've always, I've always played melody instruments. You know, I mean, I play a lot of like flute and whistle and uh, and stuff like that, and and stuff that you play tunes on. You know, and uh, I mean, I, I I talk a lot about uh, the, the the old grey whistle test, the the original test, which is the the whole thing about you know going and asking the doorman at the end of it. You've been re- recording a tune in the studio all day, and then you go and ask the doorman and say, "Can you whistle the the, the, the song that we've been?" Um, uh, uh, that we've been recording all day you know and if the, if the old grey could whistle the tune then you knew that it was going to be a hit and uh, I've always liked that I like I like I like being able to I like hooks and I like strong melodies and I like being able to capture people and 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 get them to be able to remember stuff you know mm. whereas like you can't really remember ambient stuff and, <laughs> and moody stuff and, and yeah I mean dark tunes kind I like dark but I like them to be tunes you know um, but I've always liked bouncy stuff. I mean, it's that's the folky in me. I've always liked just like dancing around, and and you know, I mean, quite often when I'm, when I'm playing, I mean, I don't know if you, you know, even now, kind of recording in the studio and stuff, I'll be sort of standing on the keyboard and I'll be sort of playing, bouncing around, and and that's how I know that that's how I know it works for me. It makes me want to kind of just jig about. Then, then, then it's then I'm then yeah. I assume that it'll make other people happy as well.
1: But they're kind of the songs that you know. One day I'll be walking down the street and it'll just the melody will pop in your head and you'll think, what is that again? And then half an hour later, you're like a Commodore sixty four song, isn't it? You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: right. yeah. And it's yes, it's it's, and and I mean, uh, to a certain extent, the, the the I think the chip itself lent itself to that, especially yes, because of the, because you couldn't get. Kind of, you couldn't rely on 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 big washes of of, of synth pads and, and and sound effects and bloody you know helicopters and seagulls going in <laughs> quadriphonic <laughs> around your head and all the rest of it. You know, you had to write strong tunes. You had to write stuff that was going to stick. But also, because the fact that um, very often just because you had you know 4K in which to do like you know the, to, the driver and the music data all had to fit in that, then. Uh, you could only kind of get maybe a sort of a four-minute, five-minute tune at the most, mm-hmm. uh, and so if it was going to be just going round and round and round, and people are going to be listening to it over and over and over and over again, again, you wanted something that was going to that was going to stick. That was going to be enjoyable to listen to. With yeah. kind of a bit of a bass line and kind of yeah nice yeah yeah vanity. stuff yeah stuff that people could pick up themselves. I mean, yes, it's the sort of and, and and again, you know, it's not not necessarily simplistic stuff, but but, but stuff that people could musically understand and could and, and could whistle along to. And and you know,
1: were you kind of given like about like software publishers? Did they tell you how much space you had for the song?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was that was that was the brief. Yeah. Generally, you know, it it, it literally be you get a phone call saying. Yeah, we've got a fighting game and, and, and we've got three and a half K, you know, to, to fit it in and we've got six levels. And you go, right, I'll write six tunes that all fit in three and a half K then. That sounds crazy now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well absolutely, yes. I mean there's you know, there's more memory on your fingernails and <laughs> you know. But also no kind of
2: design ideas or anything. Just we've I mean, got six it, levels. Yeah, go quite often.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sometimes you'd see the game, sort of in design, sometimes you go down to publish it and sort of see a demo or something. Sometimes they'd, 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 they'd send you a disc. But, yes, quite often it was just literally a verbal description over the phone and you'd write the tune and send it off to them two days later and a week later the game was published, you know. I mean, it was all kind of you know, quite cowboy stuff, really, you know.
2: Well, one of your biggest tunes is Last Ninja.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: was that done in that way or...? <laughs> How
0: was um, that created? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I did. I did. I wrote all the Last Ninja stuff at home, uh, and 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 it was literally yes. It was games called the Last Ninja. It's a fighting game, and and it's Oriental. That was <laughs> that was the description that I got, and so I, that's what I wrote. I wrote a load of Oriental fighting music, and uh, um, then just yeah, we spent a day kind of plugging it into the game went down there to do that and that was the first time I'd actually seen like the graphics of the game and the gameplay and all the rest of it you know yes I mean a lot of it was serendipity basically as to whether it fitted or not you know
2: well um talking of the last ninja as well there's a kickstarter that you're currently involved with
0: no uh, indeed yes 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 the last ninja musicology the um the yarl fast loaders and 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 ridiculously widdly 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 yarl <laughs> <laughs> Plays guitar faster than anybody else on earth. I really shouldn't do that, should I? It's terrible. He's a lovely, <laughs> lovely chap. But well, every time, mind. every time. Oh, no, you don't. He, he doesn't mind at all, actually. I mean, it's quite, you know, I have had to do the whole thing about coming over here with your fast notes and walking, <laughs> playing stuff that was never meant to be played by humans, you know. <laughs> uh, but yes, no, fast loaders are uh, a great bunch of boys. Um, they they played at the last back in time live thing and they sort of they did uh, extracts from this but yeah basically they've they've um um they are recording and, and and putting together all of the music from all three of the last Ninja. so uh all the stuff that's written by me and Matt and Rain uh and uh, on a big um triple album with lots of extras and stuff yeah live and, concert as well and indeed yeah. we we we're, we're doing a gig down in October isn't it mm-hmm. yes down at the uh, at the roundhouse yeah. Um, yes, yes, so I'll be uh, on stage probably doing little woodly bits on my flute for that.
1: Well, after the Commodore 64, I mean, you did um, some tracks on the Amiga. How did you find the Amiga compared to the 64?
0: Boring. Sorry. I'm sorry, all you Amiga fans out there. <laughs> no. Well, no, it wasn't boring. No, I mean, it was, it, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, and, uh, originally, initially, it was like, bloody hell. You know, we have gone from, from analogue synthesizer to, 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 to sampler. You know, and 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 yes. Yeah, so the first couple of things I did, I thought, yeah, wow, this is, you know, this is amazing. Like I can record sounds, and 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 then you sort of start getting hit with the limitations. Yeah, you can record, but you've still got a limited amount of memory. And with you know, I mean, so it, like five hundred and twelve k rather than sixty four k sounds absolutely great. You know, and yes, I mean, you could be. You know, given given a whole sixty four k to fit the music in, but actually that means that sixty four k sixty four k samples isn't a lot at all, you know. By the time you recorded like one bass drum sound, one snare drum, a couple of cymbals, a bass guitar sound, which you then because uh, yeah yeah, I mean uh, sort of rather than like now if you're using samples and mm-hmm. and and you 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 you, call, you kind of record an instrument across the range as it were, um, so once I started sort of finding the limitations. But also doing less programming from it. You know, the, the part of part of the thing that I always enjoyed was 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 programming the music. My sort of programming career has gone along along with my, my music career, and I, I, I call myself now a sort of a, a programmer musician or a musician programmer. It's, it's the two things that I do in life. The the only two things I think I'm good at. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the sort of the programming side of it, in terms of as you getting down to the bare metal of the chip and actually messing around with the chip itself and, and, uh, and trying to find as many interesting ways that you could work with the limitations of the chip to make it sound as as, as good as you can, you know. And and whereas, the, again, just using samples and just playing back samples. By the time I kind of started thinking about how you could really make this fun and interesting, it, I, I sort of... I, I was already getting bored... But I was also already getting bored of the industry because it had started turning into an industry. Mm-hmm. By then, you know, I mean, again, when we when we started, it was you know jumpers for goalposts, as it were. blokes in, in uh, kids in bedrooms yeah. doing it, and and you know you go down to your local computer shop and hand over a cassette and they would duplicate fifty around the back and then sell <laughs> it to all the other kids that came into the computer shop, I and mean, that was the, that was that was the extent of the industry. But by the time I left. It was all kind of marketing-driven, and you know we were doing, oh, it's 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 uh, we need to have another football game. Football games are doing really well. Somebody's writing the football game. You know, can you do some music for a football game? Very well, cold all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, well, completely, completely. I mean, I talk about you know there was suddenly um, I, I had a lovely little deal with with, with Gremlin. Gremlin basically had, had bought me out from being a freelance. They kind of offered me a. A regular wage and a lovely little studio and stuff and so i kind of i went and sat in the studio and just kind of kept my head down for a year doing stuff and then i suddenly looked up and there were all these blokes in suits wandering around the office talking about shipping boxes and they didn't have any idea of what was in the box they hadn't played the game you know i mean for you know, ian and who set up gremlin i mean they they yes they started off as sort of a, a, a salesman as it were but they were they were into gaming you know, they, they'd, they'd had ideas for games themselves and they contributed it and they played the games and stuff, you know. But then the people that they were hiring to do marketing and stuff for them, it, it, it didn't matter whether they were, you could be selling cardboard books, it could be selling widgets, could be, it didn't matter. Mm. They were just selling stuff. that, that had pre- yeah. They were selling a product yeah. that had pretty pictures on the front mm. and they were looking around at all the other products that were being sold and, and, and saying, what's the next product that we need to sell? And, and it just it, it, it stopped being fun. You know, uh, which is was, so that's the point of which I got out.
2: Was Captain Planet one of those uh,
1: tunes of kind of the commercial era?
0: I, got, yeah, I, 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 I don't remember Captain Planet. It was, I, was a pack-in the,
1: game with the Amiga. It was one of the first Amiga games I played, yeah, that was... Um, I,
0: I, yeah, I think... Yeah, the music for it, yeah. I've got, Well, I don't... I'm, I think... I, I, I seem to recall that Tony did the music for it and I right. helped him out mm-hmm. on it. Tony always had a kind of uh, an ear... But he never really composed a lot. It was always, you know, he he originally in the early days he was a, you know, he a complete whiskey programmer still is, you know, uh, and he wrote um, the, the 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 players and I I pl- kind of plugged in the tunes, you know, and then we sort of started merging a bit. I got a bit more into programming and he got a bit more into music, and um, and so yes, he 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 started writing a few pieces himself and uh, and originally kind of. Um, he he get me into kind of just help him along with it so i sort of give him some ideas and and you know help him sort of do a bits of arrangement and stuff like that. sort of pass on odd little bits of theory and and stuff like that you know so uh i i i think tony wrote captain planet but the, the, the people keep saying it's me and then I I, I I listen to it and i'm going it doesn't sound like me i'm, I'm yeah, yeah but it, you know i mean this is Thirty years ago now, so it's, it's a great like, soundtrack
1: so, yeah. though. And to be fair, the game is generally
0: oh maybe it is me then, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well the game is generally considered pretty bad. But the one thing everyone always talks about is the music on the right. game, yeah. And it is. Right. It's like um, as far as Amiga music goes, it's it's,
0: it's got a kind it's of it's got lot... a good bassline. Yeah, it, it has. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. play it to me if you got it. If you if you got it, and play it to me, and uh, and I can I can I can give you a definitive answer now. But okay, yeah, actually, yeah. I haven't heard it for ages and ages. And I think last year or somebody was asking me about it, and I gave it a quick listen what I thought was it and, and as I said I I I didn't recognize it myself but here we go I could have been wrong <laughs> Of course it's me. Of course it's me. We've got the definitive answer there. Yeah, we go. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that is. I'm, i, I thinking. I'm thinking of something else. Then maybe not Captain Planet. Yeah. No. That's 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 classic. Um, Middle Eighties Bounty Band, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I, I put that game on to leave that music playing while I was tidying my room and stuff as a kid.
0: <laughs> I liked the um, Amiga version of Deflector as well, just because mm-hmm. the fact that I actually managed to, because I could have a, a, a proper cowbell sample. Because the whole point of Deflector was the cowbell. That was the only the only reason I wrote it really was was um, uh, the, the whole piece came out of I found a, managed to get a nice cowbell sound on the sixty four. Mm-hmm. And so once you've got that talk, talk, talk and talk and talk, then the whole tune just came out of that, you know. So, yes, being able to have, like, a proper carabelle on the on the, on the <laughs> Eagle version of this factor was, was, was really nice.
1: Now, we um, enjoyed seeing you in Bedrooms to Billions as well. I mean, um, you did the soundtrack on that too.
0: Uh, some of it, yes, mm. yes. How, yeah. how,
1: how did that project go then?
0: Uh, it, was, it was it was great fun. I mean, I did... Um, uh, originally did just, like, a, uh, a little interview for um, uh, Anthony and Nicola. When it came through in the soundtrack, they decided that it would be nice to get us old boys back out of retirement. So uh, I did some tracks and Rob did some tracks and uh, I think Mark did a track as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, that was great because it was um, all done around at uh, Max Hall's place. Who uh, Max only lives just up the road from me. Uh, I've, I've, I've known him for a while now. And uh, he's got just a lovely studio that's just... It's, it's half the size of this room, but it's crammed full of more retro gear than... Than you've literally ever seen in your life. Really, it's just you know, the synths and and micros, and, and it's heaven. Was it all made <laughs> an authentic? It's, kit then was it? Um, uh, well, uh, no. I mean, actually, for for no, for the film soundtrack, um, no, it was all just done on on uh, uh, yes, on um, um, uh, Pro Tools or whatever it is, uh, uh, Cubase. Um, but. Um, well, actually, he—I started doing it, and then I got a bit bored of it. So he took over, uh, did a Commodore sixty-four versions of, because because my, my thing was I wanted to write, I, I wanted to get into the same headspace as if I was writing um, a, a three-voice Commodore piece, even though it wasn't, even though I had kind of you know the sort of the the tools, and and, and it was you know it was a movie soundtrack, so it needed to be kind of quality, as it were. Um, but uh, but I I tried to get myself into the headspace of of, of you know, writing, uh, uh, said a, a, a game piece. You know, uh, so yes, we then um, um, converted the pieces that I wrote back to the sit, which was which was really nice.
1: What did you think of the movie when you watched it? though? do you think it was a nice tribute to that era?
0: No, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's great. But it's yes, it, I mean, it, it says it all really. It's mm. yes, I mean, they managed to track down everybody, and uh, uh, and and get us to reveal all the stuff that we hadn't revealed before. It's good to immortalise those stories, I think, though, isn't it? No, well, yeah, well, absolutely, before we all, yeah, yeah, um, kick the bucket, you know, <laughs> before all, all us celebrities done it. <laughs> yeah.
2: And Prince was an Amiga user with he was, bars yeah. and pipes, yeah. that was... He was, yeah, he was. Of
0: course,
1: yes. So what what are you up to these days, end day-to-day, Ben?
0: I, 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 I mainly programme. Uh, all, all, all the music I do is is it's all live these days, really. Um, well, I, I, I say that I'm uh, um, I, I, I do odd bits of recording, and uh, I, I, I might be working on a on a little project at the moment, but I can't really say anything about that at the moment. Really? But um, yes, uh, I, I do a lot of live playing, and 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 uh, do a lot of comparing these days as well. I do a lot of like sort of local festivals. So yeah, mainly I I, I sit and um, I write code to backup network devices. That's, it's, you know, um, I enjoy it and it pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I still, I make a certain percentage of my, uh, of my annual income from music, but uh, not as much as I'd like. But then the amount of work that you need to do to earn money out of music is, it, it's, it's, it's stupid. you got to, you've got to be saying yes to everything. Basically, I I stopped doing full time music when my when the kids were born mm-hmm. because you know, I couldn't be going out on the road or you know just kind of yeah you know, I I wanted something that was just going to be nice and but also I I don't really I, I I once I I don't like doing music that much in the studio. I mean, I, I do. I like I like the studio, and I like going in for a week or something and oh, a couple of weeks and doing some playing. But I don't like kind of the the whole. Uh, again, one of the reasons that I stopped doing um, all the stuff at Gremlin was because that, that was nine to five writing music. If you saw what I mean, like a bit going, forced,
1: was it then? Well, yeah. it's going
0: into an office and mm-hmm. and and trying to be creative. Yeah, and it, it 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 doesn't work like that for me. I I I can't do that. It's it has to be a spur of the moment thing, and so. Kind of the pressure of having to get up every day and go into my little studio and sit and go, I've got to write some music. So it's it's a, sort, of, sort of a, you know, or either that or I'm just sitting around all day until I kind of hit the evening hours, and, at which point the sort of the serotonin kicks in and <laughs> I get all creative and stuff like that. But it then means I don't see my family or or, yeah. or whatever you know. Are so, you an
1: ITL then?
0: Uh, yeah, I always have been. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it's like I say having kids, it's a bit difficult to do. So you know. Um, I'm still yes, a, 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 a late riser and a, uh, an even late going to bedder, but um, uh, yes, it's just it, it's one of those things. It's always been uh, again ever since you know, through 15 and kind of I'd you know at the end of a school day, I'd go round to Tony's house and we'd wait till his parents were in bed and then we'd be working till four in the morning or something writing music. Yeah. Um, and it's yes, it, it, it's always gone that way. So yes, doing it nine to five is a, it's it's a strange scene. You know, and I'd much rather be doing a sort of what feels like it should be a 9-to-5 job if you see what i mean sort of you know like like um am um, uh, programming but doing the music kind of when I can fit it in, I'd you know take a week off and go off and do something or you know i'd be uh, um, um playing gigs in the evening or something you know do you still have a commodore sixty four uh i I might have one in the shed have i got a fifteen forty one no i saw i saw a i saw a tape drive um a cassette player the other day. The data set. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh I saw that as I was going through some boxes and thought, oh, I should scribble my name on that and put that on eBay. <laughs> 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 but uh I might have a 64 somewhere, but mm. but, but certainly I, I, I got rid of a couple a few years ago. I got literally a shed full of, of, of just old computers mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm terrible with kind of, you know, not throwing stuff away. So, yes, it just all goes out there and, and you know... D- Piled under hundreds of keyboards and monitors and <laughs> cables. Sounds and like heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Married with the kids, yeah, yeah. in the
1: shed. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Occasionally, actually, yes. I mean, it's occasionally, yes. Sort of. Um, as my as my kids were growing up, they'd occasionally pull out a box and we'd plug it in and they'd, you know, um, have fun with a Atari 800 XL or something. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, you know, um, yeah. And
1: they got games for kids, though, aren't they? Cause they're quite, you know, simplistic
0: games. Right. A lot of them. But well indeed, indeed, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What do you kids think of your, like, um, your fame when they, you know, they see the old angry crowd? Oh, Dad,
0: they, uh... <laughs> bloody hell. Nobody cares, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> do you take them along to it's... these retro events and stuff? I, uh, no, my, my, my eldest son, uh, he, he, he occasionally, is, I mean, he, you know, he played games and um, he occasionally came along, but uh, um, no, I mean, they don't really care. You know. <laughs> no, they're aware of it. You know, I mean, it's always quite funny if you know we happen to bump into somebody that has heard of me or something. You know, mm. and, go, and it's, but it is its eyes rolling and oh, not again! <laughs> some old fart thinks I'm down to some bloody comedian. <laughs> well,
1: Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. It's been
0: fascinating. No, again, so it's been great fun. And,
1: yeah, really enjoyed it. And if people want to keep up to date with what you're up to now, is so you got a website or anywhere they can go to?
0: Um, yeah, oh, I'm all over the internet like a bloody rash. Just just look me up on Google, and you'll find my website. I'll, I whenever I can be bothered to update it. Yes, as I said, just type Ben Daglish into your your favourite search engine, which isn't going to be Bing, is it? Let's <laughs> say. <saying. laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, you'll find me. I've got nothing particular that I'm I'm pushing right now, mm. other than um, as you say, the um, fast loaders, um, mm. last engine musicology along just because I'm involved but uh, I think by the time this goes out it'll be done mm-hmm. and yeah. dusted anyway uh, won't it two days to go and I think they've got to get six grand so yeah. fingers crossed yeah. uh, indeed <laughs> indeed yes if not I'll have to kind of reach under the mattress and pull out some coppers. <laughs>
1: sell some of those Commodore 64s <laughs> uh, indeed indeed
0: yes yes, yes. stick my left leg on eBay <laughs> well Ben
1: thanks so much for coming on my pleasure no, mm-hmm.